Hey everyone, this is Caleb here from In the Mood for Real History. Now before you get started with this episode, if you haven't heard, I want to tell you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain it to you. First off, being on a teacher's salary, I love that it is free. There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey all you cool cats and commies, I'm Caleb. I'm Zach. And this is In The Mood. All right, all right, all right. We are back after a two-week hiatus. We just needed a, a little a little R&R, you know? It's it's okay to hit the refresh button every once in a while. You need to. We, you know, it's time to just take some time to, you know, just refresh, relax, get everything back. It's like our bye week. It's our bye week. We'll call it. Not bi- not Iron Jaw, Joe not, Biden. No, no, no. We, you know, we took a couple of nights of going to bed at 6 p.m. like uh, old Iron Jaw and uh, Meemaw. And, On the dot at 6 p.m. And not a minute before, we took we took our NyQuil. We, we said our prayers, and we went to bed. We said our home Marys. And went to bed. You know, we were just ready. And then, you know, we woke up at 5 a.m. Took our med- at 5 a.m. sharp. Oh, we took, oh, wait, wait, wait. We we took our up. milk of magnesia the night before we went to bed. So that way, when we woke up, the minute we woke up, we'd have a major shit that next what, morning. You know what? It was at four, we woke up at 4.59, not even 5 o'clock. Give you that extra minute to creak to the bathroom. And now we are back, ready Stomach's emptied and we are ready. So let's just jump into it. Let's so jump into our it. quick hits. We got some quick hits right here. What, let's talk about it. So first is this whole allegation regarding Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York. Right. So he has had, I think, four women, three, th- three women, all former aides of his come out and say that he made Either sexual innuendo, sexual jokes. Unwanted advances. Yeah, uh, yeah, like an unwanted, just pretty much creeper vibes. Touchy, all, uh, you know, you just try, they, they say, oh, well, it was, it, he's like, I'm just very, it was a friendly, flirtatious way. No. And you know what I think is very ironic is we need to hold, and so all these people that always give me shit about always shitting on Republicans and never Democrats, I want to make sure y'all are listening. Within the first two minutes of our episode, I'm already calling a spade a spade, no matter what party you're in. Um, Keep people in check. Yeah, it's it's what, that's what it comes down to. Is you know you've always heard the main argument used against women for so long is don't put yourself in that situation. Uh, you know, don't make yourself a target. Don't make yourself easy to attack. So, Andrew Cuomo, I'm going to say the same to you. Do not put yourself in that situation. Especially when you hold a high office. Be, well, just in general, hold yourself to a higher standard. Don't, you know, don't put your, yeah, just be aware of what you're doing. This is 2021. Just in general, don't say something that you would, you know, just think before you speak, in other words. Or and, before you do. Yeah, before you do. And think about this. Um when you're at work, you can't that that person can't escape. There's no always have an, an escape plan is what it was always told to women growing up. You know, in the '50s and '60s, everywhere you go, it's it's like it's putting the the responsibility on women. That's how it's always been. You know, 
And now you need to put responsibility on men. Don't do something and just, you know, just think about what you're doing. You in other know, words, well, that, you know, that can harm you years down the road. Yeah. And just think before you speak, you know, treat people with decency and respect, I guess is a crazy concept, but, or you may treat them with too much respect and start and get a little handsy touchy, you know? Right. Well, if you have a respect for them, you won't be getting handsy and touchy at work, you know? So all that to say, if these allegations are true, we should believe the people and not make, not to be dismissive of their claims. And once the evidence is there, he should be held accountable. He, uh, almost like those nursing home deaths. Exactly. And it's like one thing after another with him. If it's proven that he lied. Was, yeah. With no, a yeah, knowingly 6,000. Yeah. Knowingly undercut the numbers, then he should be held accountable and he should resign and face charges. He if says, that's no way. Yeah, man. I mean, that a that's not even helping you your case right there, making you sound defiant about it. That's really not helping your case. Just be like, you know, I um, you got to come into it saying the right things and being open to saying, hey, you know, if I did put myself in that situation to make someone feel uncomfortable, then do some self reflection. You know? Okay, but then also you could counter that and say, say he does do all that and he apologizes. I don't think women or people should just continuously bash him about it if he's already apologized and keep why why beat a dead horse but obviously it wasn't a one-time thing well, i know that but multiple I'm, people yes but if he says if, but if he says what he's saying by apologizing and just and i think just appeasing the, the media and the people trying trying to reestablish his reputation in a sense so if he's wanting to do that then you should at least give the dude a, like just don't beat a dead horse you know i mean if he's actually sorry i think for that's it. very hypocritical though because then you still see these people that are saying well kamala harris she only got to be vice president because she was on her knees and she sucked dick same many people i see on facebook saying joe and his hoe the only reason she got there was because uh she slept her way to the top why couldn't she have just gotten there on her own merits what evidence do you have against her these same people so what i'm saying is People should be held accountable for their actions. Damn right. And you know what? But like, as an example, if, if he did do that, then he, he should, should lose his job. Yeah. Yeah, he should lose his job. If he made unwanted sexual advances on multiple women. No matter Democrat or Republican. Yes, he should be held accountable. I mean, think about uh, the love gov here in Alabama, Robert Bentley. Not trying to compare the two, but I mean, same, similar situation. He used taxpayer money to fund his affair, but still. Even better. He was forced to resign. Just as Andrew Cuomo should. We shouldn't be making excuses for him. That is, you know, diminishing the person who made the allegations. They're the victim here. That makes him out to be the victim. But then also they could just be after money or attention or something like that as well. But if it's three different people that have come forward. Shit. You don't realize Donald Trump has a list five pages Where there's long. smoke, there's fire. You know? So what I'm saying is we can't then turn around and make Andrew Cuomo the victim if he is guilty of this by saying, oh, well, we need to quit bashing him. No, he's the person who did the wrong. We shouldn't make him out to be the victim. He did wrong. He should face the consequences of his actions. And or resign or lose his job yes, instead of being exactly. defiant about it. Exactly. And I will be the first to admit I was a fan of Andrew Cuomo. His response last year in the moment to the COVID situation he was a leader in a time when we had no leaders in the country. Donald Trump was calling it a hoax. 
And Andrew Cuomo was saying, okay, if the federal government won't help us, we will do our do it ourselves. And New York had many, many deaths that were prevented because of it. But I'm saying in the moment, that's when I was very supportive. Now it's coming to light that he allegedly undercounted many of the deaths in nursing homes in New York, which was a major epicenter for these cases. If that's the case, and he know knowingly uh, hid those numbers by a margin of it was the the total count is fifteen thousand, mm -hmm. and he reported nine thousand. So that's six thousand more deaths. Right, and if he knowingly did that, then yes, he should be held accountable for it. Also, the main argument that people are saying in response is it was somebody under him, you know, like an aide or something like that, because he's a governor, he has many different aspects but when it all boils down to it you should still be you should still know what the fuck is going on with your state a hundred percent and if there's some shady shit yeah if there's some shady shit then yeah he needs to be held accountable for it nobody is above the law so for all you haters out there that say i only only shit on republicans there you are two weeks in a row and believe me you're about this is a republicans paradise a conservatives paradise is going to love this episode because I am shitting on Joe Biden this whole fucking episode. But before we do that, we have one more quick hit. I'm going to praise another Republican. What is this? Is this the Twilight Zone? I think. I think. This I think. Is, uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, well, what? What? What's? Uh, this is the new advanced version with Jordan Peele directing it. Exactly. I swear. I think I just listened to too much uh, Tucker Carlson on this week off that we had, and I'm just starting to praise Republicans. You're even growing his hair out like him and everything. I know, right? So. <laughs> You know, it's, 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 I, I believe in QAnon too, March 4th, you know, it's now March 20th. So we're, he, it was false coming. flag day. It was a false flag. Oh my God. Shit. So okay, I think go ahead. you need to explain the uh, whole Mimo Ivy mask mandate until April 6th, right? April 9th. Oh, so I'm very proud of Mimo. I'm very proud. She was facing a lot of scrutiny because this past Friday was the deadline to extend the mask mandate in the good old state of Alabama. And every single state around Alabama has done away with their mask mandate and their restrictions. So Meemaw, and I was just waiting. I knew it was going to happen. I was sitting there going, she's going to lift it. I'm just, I was mentally preparing myself. And then Friday came around and I saw the headline that told that she extended the mask mandate to April 9th. But then, of course, to appease the conservatives, she had to add that little caveat at the end. And I vow that we're going to do away with everything on April 9th, good or bad. It's like, okay. So, great. She's extending the mask mandate. But then she's saying, okay, even if the numbers have skyrocketed over the next month, we're still going to do away with the mask mandate. But I just cannot get over how willingly people are to just act like this pandemic is not going on anymore. Literally, I, what it is is people are is, is just sick of the pandemic. Well, I am too, but you know, I'm also sick of having to take a shit each day, but I still have to take a shit. You know, if we're just being honest, you know, I'm sick of if I drink too much, then I'm hungover the next day. But it still happens, you know. Like, you still have to pay your taxes, most of the people, unless you're Donald Trump or Jeff Bezos. Um, but you still do it. So, you know, and what's crazy is the numbers right now are at the level that they were last summer when the quarantine had to begin again. That's how quickly we adapt to how crazy things have become. But thankfully, we're not adding 300,000 new cases a day, and thankfully, we're not having 4,000 new deaths a day. 
But still, we're still losing close to a thousand people a day. And we're still having around 80,000 cases a day. So it's still here. We can't just act like it disappeared. It's not a fart in the wind. It is not a fart in the wind. I swear. Or your New Year's resolutions, you know, <laughs> those disappear pretty quick. So we can't just act like it's not here. But, you know, kudos to Meemaw Ivy and a quick fuck you to Tate Reeves, the governor of Mississippi, and Greg Abbott. At least we're not Mississippi. Thankfully, once again, we can finally say that. So Mississippi and Texas, and Texas at the worst possible timing after you literally just killed off people in your uh, ice storm, and now you're going to completely undo all your mask mandates. I think we need to give more of the uh, fuck you to the to our neighbor. Tate Reeves, yes. Completely doing away with all mask mandates, all social distancing, while Mississippi is also one of the last place states for vaccinations for their people. And you know what's the best part? Biden says, that's Neanderthal thinking. Don't act like a cape, man. That's Neanderthal thinking. You know, but, you know, I'm not going to extend these $2,000. You're going to get 1400 which we will get to. So speak of that, seconds. if you insert a a, a good old bed light. Let's jump into a long chug here. This is our main topic for the day. You know, we're talking about perception versus reality. We're talking about reality versus deception. So the real question is, it says liberals. If, if you were to have like a, like a title, it says liberals. And They're saying said, Biden, Biden is doing great. Mm. Biden is great. Everything, we're back to normal. Isn't it great to have adults in the White House again? Isn't it great that instead of having some random tweet, we have a president that orchestrated a bombing that killed people without an act of Congress, but he did it sophisticated. What the hell are we talking about here, people? Literally, Biden's doing great. He's living up to all of his campaign promises. Within 45 days, he says, within 45 days, I've brought peace and prosperity to the American people. By going out and bombing Syria. Okay, we'll get to that. He's the most progressive president ever. And that's not really saying much, though. I mean, look who all his camp come behind him. <laughs> right. Like, okay, the most progressive president being against Medicare for all, calling Bernie a socialist, um, backing off of the $15 minimum wage, being forced to tweet out a lukewarm support for a union, even though, what? What does Joe Biden say? I'm a union guy. I'm a union guy. All of this, and but yet he's the most progressive president ever? Okay. Um, and when, then, when it all boils down one, to One it. thing I do want to add, though, all of, these, all of this is because of these blue no-matter-who people. Like, literally, they're saying, you know, at least he's not Trump. At least, you know, I'll vote for anybody that's not Trump. These are the same people that are being this way are the same, what I call, blue MAGA. There's the MAGA people that support Trump no matter what, that we're giving shit to, but yet we're doing the same damn thing. You can't just blindly support somebody because they're Democrat. You can't blindly support uh, Joe Biden simply because, well, he's finally we got rid of Trump, so now everything's great. No. You have to still hold people accountable. Yeah, but but what about, like, he's all you have. Like, that's the only person to back up. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's all you have. But we also have, you know, control of the House and the Senate. 
and we have to hold those people accountable to pass what they claimed that they ran on to pass. So in the reality and, of the situation, what about like their un, unholding promises? Like broken promises. Yes. I was trying to think of a sophisticated word, but <laughs> <laughs> trying to go all fancy. We just keep it straight here. We just straight and narrow. So what is it he lied about? Well, the first one, and this is what he ran on and over and over and over again. Vote me in and you will get $2,000 checks. Oh, uh, uh, mind you, uh, he, he said that first. He, he said, you're getting $2,000. Mm -hmm. and, and But then he slowly adds words and he says, we're giving you a total of two thousand. Yeah, after the election, mind you, after the election took place, and after he gets officially, you know, after the steal happened, according to Donald Trump, he goes a total of two thousand dollars. Oh, so so the six hundred you got from Donald Trump, right? Right, that was from a previous administration. So that counts, though. So then we're going to give you fourteen hundred. To equal, because 1,400 and 600 equal 2,000. It's like, good job, Joe. You were able to do basic math. Yeah, but then, okay. like, yeah, but then does nobody not realize that he literally walked backwards in his sentence? Like Exactly. These blue MAGA people. I like that. One of my favorite podcasters and people that just followed me on Twitter, Ryan Knight, one of the number one socialist, well-known socialist in America. He followed me on Twitter. He started this, comp, this thing called Blue MAGA. And he's like, literally, it's liberals and Democrats who are backing Joe Biden and throwing their head in the sand and refusing to see anything bad. And literally, this is what's going on. So literally, he backed off of the $2,000 checks and now is saying, well, $1,400. And then right before it gets finally to passing, Joe Manchin jumps in and says, well, well, I'll, I won't support. He was because Joe Manchin, literally every single bill depends on appeasing, sucking Joe Manchin's dick, essentially, which that is a terrifying dick to think of, to have to... Ch to Old, gray, and wrinkly. Just crinkly, wrinkly. And But anyway, he said, well, actually, I might go with the Republicans because they want to cut down unemployment benefits even more. Republicans put out this proposal to cut unemployment to $100 instead of $300. And a $1,000 stimulus check. And a $1,000 stimulus check. And Joe Manchin was going, mm, I like that. I like not giving money to people, even though 60% of the people in West Virginia supports the complete opposite way, I think. Exactly, but he knows that he's safe. And so then the Repu Democrats had to go, okay, so we're still going to keep it at $1,400, but then if you make over $75,000, you get nothing. Or, or is it phased out until 80000 Okay, it, it goes, oh, okay, excuse me. It's 75000 you get 1400 By 85000 anything over 85000 you get zip. Or is it eighty? It was eighty-five. It was $10,000. So between seventy-five and eighty-five, there was like a kind of pyramid going down. And then once you hit eighty-five, anything over eighty-five, you get nothing. So that cut out 17 million people just to keep Joe Manchin happy. 17 million people will not get a check now that did before. So it was okay when you voted for it before, even when the situation wasn't as bad as it is now. With Don, like you voted for it with, and Big Daddy Trump even gave you more money. You yes. Know? And so now Trump is getting, has given more money, people, more, more money to people than Joe Biden, but they're calling it a win. So let me, let me counter you with this. When you mentioned about, for, like, as an example, the, uh, 
whole situation of about the amount that goes up to eighty thousand, right? Mm-hmm. What would you say to people that say, "Oh, well, you know what? What if you make eighty thousand dollars? How do you, how can you how how is it you don't have amount saved, or how is it how do you know it's just not just a mismanagement of money?" Is what I'm getting at. Okay, first off, you're really going to come at somebody about that, but you're going to defend people that are making billions of dollars because the same people that are attacking somebody for making $80,000 are also the same people that are against raising the minimum wage, which we're going to get to in a second. So first off, fuck you, you're an idiot. Second, um, think about it this way. $85,000 if you live in Alabama is not worth the same as if you make $85,000 and you live in Seattle, Seattle or California or Virginia or even Georgia, Florida, anywhere, because then you have to take into consideration cost of living. You have to take into consideration uh, student loans. You have to take into consideration if you have, what if you have a child that has special needs or somebody in your family that has health issues and you're having to pay all these medical bills. It don't matter if you make $85,000 or $30,000, you're still shit out of luck and in the hole. So it's short reactionary thinking like that that just stands in the way of actual progress. And then you look like an idiot. So besides a, a lukewarm tweet from Joe Biden, why is it that you think he didn't fight for the $15 an hour minimum wage? And it all goes back to this, what they promise in the campaign to what they do when they're in office. In the campaign, I will fight for $15 an hour. You deserve a livable wage. No person working over 40 hours a week should live in poverty. Should live in poverty. And then the minute they get in office, they have the biggest cop-out of saying, We're giving you $2,000 total. A $2,000 total. One time. Even though 600 like we said, was from the previous administration. Right. But then also, you know, instead of saying, well, we just didn't get it done, now they have a cop-out and say, well, the parliamentarian kept me from doing it. So you're trying to say that the parliamentarian in, in the Senate has more power than the president? No. Because, and this is where I'm going to go after Kamala Harris, the parliamentarian is an appointed position. She, who the, the lady that's the parliamentarian, gets to decide whether this budget reconciliation, whether it's uh, tax or not. Why'd she decide no in the first place? Because she said that it wasn't budgetary. It didn't deal with budgets, which is bullshit. Because before uh, they're able to pass leasing for uh, oil fields in Alaska under budget reconciliation, but passing a $15 minimum wage goes against it, so it's bullshit. But Kamala Harris, by being the president of the Senate... And the tiebreaker has that ability to overrule it. And so she decided not to. But nobody says anything about that. So you need to take a moment and shit on her for that. And no, and it is, because that's wrong. Y'all are using a cop-out to get out of having to pass this. And you say you're trying to help your people and and having to help the the lower-class working people that you ran on in order to help. That went out and moved and, you know, know, moved heaven and earth and got you, Georgia. Got you, um... Arizona got you these major areas that won the election for you was the working class people and they get shit on once again. So you're over two on your promises. But then also Bernie, God love him. He's trying. You can though the one thing you can say about that old man is that he is at least trying. You know? He is. And so he goes after and says, okay, I'm putting through an amendment to add the 15 minimum wage because I want on record every single Democrat that voted against. And Republican. And you know what? Can you name at least 
a couple of those eight Democrats. Yeah, the eight Democrats that came out against it. It was our good old buddy Joe Manchin. Of course. Kirsten Cinema, who truly I want to take a special second and say fuck you, Kristen Cinema, and just how she went about it. She didn't just voice her vote for no, like any normal person with the little clicker. She walked her happy ass up to the front of the Senate and gave a little squat with the no sign with her hand, like doing the little like that. You know how you do with your thumb down and like that? Like, uh, what was it? Uh, back in the Roman days when they decided whether to kill the gladiator or not and did that and had the balls to do that. It's like, truly, fuck you. You have no idea what's going on. You don't, you're not feeling in any of this. You're worth millions of dollars. And you just have the balls to do that. So fuck you. And then Angus King of Maine, Tom Carper of Delaware, Chris Coons of Delaware, Maggie Hassan. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Did you say Delaware meaning Biden's home state? Of both Delaware? of them from the home state of Joe, uh, Joe Biden. John Tester of Montana and Jeanne Shaheen of New Hampshire. Shaheen of New Hampshire. So all of them, you know, just fuck you. You don't, you don't, what it is is you're so blinded by your own wealth that you don't know what it's like to live on 15 or trying to push for $15 an hour. Literally $15,000 a year or $15 an hour gets you to ride around $31,000 a year, which is below the poverty line. So it's not like people are that are making $15 an hour would be out living it up in luxury. That's literally poverty level wages. And they're against that. That should tell you everything you need to know about those people. And I'm not just shitting on Democrats. Every single Republican voted against there was it not as well. one. Not one Republican. So even the even Mitt Romney, who completely has went against Trump and everything, he can, why why is it that he voted no? Well, he's he's against a minimum wage increase. He said, "Well, I can meet you around ten or 11. But even then, I want to just knock on Democrats as well on that. You know, they had the opportunity to at least meet in the middle, but they said all or nothing. Why would you do all or nothing? Why not? Even though Joe Manchin said, why not 11? Like, why not just say, okay, yeah. Right. I don't know. And that's what I don't get. And, and increase it there there on the spot. Because if well, it was $11 an hour, they wouldn't have well, it implemented still, it. It would still even implement over a course of five years. It wouldn't all happen at once. Yeah, yeah, but that's not the 15, but as an example, with $11 an hour. It would not be instantaneous. It would be over a period oh, of five years. Okay. So even then, it's not as much. So what I'm saying is it's just it's showing that they are beholden to the corporate interest that pays their campaigns on both fucking sides. So would you say that what well, would you yourself say that you have buyer's remorse for for voting for Joe Biden? I'm going to answer that at the end because I want to get through. Oh, so far we're 0 for 2 on major court uh, campaign promises. Iron jaw striking out. We're 0 for 2 so far. So, you know, it's just once time and time again. The Democrats are just crumbling before even trying to put up a fight. It's like they're getting the least little bit of resistance from Joe Manchin. They're like, oh, we got to keep you happy. And then even the Republicans, the Republicans aren't even having to say no to anything because the Democrats are backing down and losing any bit of spine they have before it even anything comes into play. And it's just disgusting. And, you know, I tried to come into this. I wasn't thrilled about Joe Biden getting being the nominee but i was trying to just be positive and hope that something could tame it and i mean it's it's making me look stupid just like i feared and it's just happening over and over again 
So our next big spiel is the crisis of kids in cages. Our spiel. So yes, this is the, one of the ones that just really just grinds my gears the most. Or what? My, my, my thing is, what's the thing that Joe Biden calls them instead of kids in cages? It's now like, what is it, uh, facilities, uh, transfer facilities or something like that? He's trying to uh, butter it up. It's the same shit, just a different name. It's like, you know, the old apartment complexes that you used to see, how they're the same shit apartment complexes. They just uh, get new management and they get a new sign out front with a new name instead of being... It just says under new management. Yeah, it'll say under new management or they change the name of the apartment complex. It's still the same shit. But anyway, the big issue that all Democrats were against was during the Trump years, they were saying, you know, kids are being held in cages, which they were. It's inhumane. It's, you know, not, it's just in, it's a immoral what they were doing. And given a space blanket for your... <laughs> right. And, you know, you're putting kids, hundreds of kids in these detention centers. And so Biden promised from day one to shut down, but he's actually expanded it. Along in Texas, they opened up one that Donald Trump actually closed. Is that a uh, another backtrack on his campaign? Yeah, and God, it's not looking good, Iron Jaw, right now. You're not. They've deported twenty two thousand people since taking office, and I mean, what the what the real example, what the real issue here is, it's a not a crisis in what's going on at the border. It's a crisis in lack of leadership and lack of planning. Is what it comes down to. Because, I mean, think of this. If you, let's just give an example here. Let's say that I had, I saw a kid whose parents were killed in, car, in a car wreck, okay? And I wanted to adopt him. But it would take me, let's say, 40 days to fully adopt him and get the paperwork through and all that, right? So in that amount of time... I said, okay, we're well, just going to have to go sit in the jail for 40 days until I can yeah, fully adopt. Yeah, obviously can't come with, live yeah. with you. So just until the paperwork comes through, would people would be calling me a horrible person, wouldn't they? They would be demonizing me. I would be horrible. You're but a bad this, parent. Yeah, I'm a bad You don't deserve to be able to have those kids. That's the same fucking thing that's happening right now. And nobody, and they're just terrified of these teenagers simply because of the color of their skin, their brown skin. Think about it. That's the same thing that's happening. These kids are trying to come here. This is the process, just right here. So a teenager is trying, the majority of these asylum seekers that they're terrified, these caravans that they're terrified about, that Republicans are just clutching their pearls and saying they're taking over. They're teenagers. They're coming here. They're being captured at the border, seeking asylum. They have to give their name, they have to give their origin country, and they have to get a DNA swab. They're sent to all of the South American embassies to check their names, to make sure they're really truly who they are. The main thing that they do is check for missing persons to make sure that they haven't been kidnapped and they're part of like sex trafficking or human trafficking. And they check to see if they have warrants to make sure that they are not dangerous. And so then, if neither of them, you know, red flag, they're allowed to continue into the United States to go live with the sponsor who called them, who were the reason they came here in the first place. And so, you know, think about this. They're either a, somebody that's escaping a horrible situation through no fault of their own. They're escaping a horrible situation trying to come to the United States, which is, you know, the greatest country on earth that we love to brag about. You know, we are the great, we are the country of prosperity, the country of opportunity. So that's one case. 
Or there's somebody who woke up and said, I, a teenager that woke up and said, you know, I want to better myself. I don't want to be stuck in this situation. I want to, I don't know, maybe pull myself up by my bootstraps that we always hear about and make my own path, make my own future. And they realize that they want something better for themselves. And so they decide to make a thousand mile journey to search for that better life that they keep talking about. These kids should be given scholarships because they're literally doing what everyone preaches they should be doing. They should not be locked up like they're fucking criminals. They should be treated with respect because that shows they have ambition. Or the fact that their own country should get a hold of what they're doing and provide them with the necessary tools to succeed. Okay, and I, I can see that. But also think about you have you can't just look at present day. You have to look at how those countries are in those situations that they're yes, in. Yes, the, the whole point I'm getting at is you should rebuild those countries from the ground up mm -hmm. and continue to improve – what you need to you need to figure out what the fuck happened in in their case in that country's case as an example say Venezuela or Guatemala or something like that mm -hmm. you need to build that country up from the ground up and make it to where those kids don't want, ha, don't have to flee looking for a better life and instead have the necessary resources provided to them by the government their government and i'm going to that's a great point that we're going to talk about with this next point I'm going to prove or point out. Okay. So I'm going to answer that. I'm just wanted to answer it in that other section because it ties in really well. So the whole thing though, is why are we terrified about this quote, quote, flood of immigrants at the border? Is it really that horrible of a thing? No. Think about it. All these people that are coming here, they're wanting to contribute. They're wanting, which would mean then a boost to the economy. Just how immigration is a good thing. Or they're wanting to leave their war-torn countries. As an example that I mentioned to you a couple of seconds ago, why not just re rebuild and restructure their, that That's great. government? That's great, but they do not have the resources there to do it. Yes, but what I'm saying is give the resources necessary to, to countries that are in struggling and in poverty and have corrupt governments to be and, able to provide the necessary resources to do that. And that's what they're doing, but they're being labeled as the same people that you just com com mentioned are complaining and say, why are we giving money to this country? Why are we giving money to that country? We need to help our own country. So which one? You can't yeah. have it both ways. Yes, you do. I will say you do need to help your own country, but then at the same time, you also need to be able to provide resources for that, for other countries to be able to. Well, you go and tell Republicans that, okay? Yes, but, so, I'm, but what I'm saying is that you should be able to have, it's, it's not, it's like you say, it, it, like, as an example, you give different points about Democrats. You you want to have the bet. Why, why not do both? And you know how to solve that? I'm about to throw you a little curveball. Why not have open borders? Think about it. That's polar opposite. No, think about it. Why not have open borders? Think about it. We already do now. Think about it. The United States, we all have open borders right now. We have every state has different laws. So that's one. Uh, Argument. Well, this country has this law. This country has this law. Don't we have the same thing in uh, yes, but you the are, United but, States? Hold but, on, it, hold on. Okay. So different laws. It, weed is illegal in Colorado, but or legal in Colorado, but it's illegal here. Right. Taxes are different in different states. You know, what about everybody just coming here? Right. So think about this. We have our own state set up. 
we have the ability to travel. If you want to live in Georgia but work in Alabama, you can do that. Nobody says a thing about it. If you want to live and move each day, yes, travel nurse, it's all perfect. You know, so all of it's under an agreement, like a constitution. So the same thing could happen with North and South America. We've just limited our thinking. Yes, yes, I, I agree. But then at the same time, you know, the one thing that everybody has in common, like you mentioned about, oh, well, that person, uh, you can work in Georgia but live in Alabama. They're all citizens of one whole country of the United States, and they're not citizens of Canada or they're not citizens of Mexico. They weren't born there. You know what I'm saying? They're all one. That's one thing they all have in common. They're all a part of one country versus like you said, you made that point about how you were saying, oh, well, different laws and different this and different that. As an example, all there's all everything that they have in common is they're all one part that they're all have one thing in common, which is they were born in that in the same big old space of land known as America. You know okay. what I'm saying? So I don't I don't I don't understand what you're saying. What I'm what I'm getting at is the same point you were making, like. Well, why not have open borders? The reason that you don't have open borders is, in my opinion, that you should not just have – if you want to come, come. No. There has to be – But that's not saying that everybody would stay. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yes, I understand that. But what I, but the point I'm – but the point I'm trying to make is that the one thing like, – like, like I mentioned about the Alabama and the Georgia thing, you can do all that things, but – you're still a citizen of the United States. That's yeah. the point I'm getting at. You're not a citizen of Mexico. You're not a citizen of Canada. You know, right? The, so, right. There would still be individual countries. That's not saying it's going to become one big country. Yeah, but there but would what, still be the yes, United States. Yes, but what you're getting of open borders—that's it's basically one big country. No, no. With open borders, that's not saying that you could just move freely. Yeah, or yes, you can move freely, but that's not saying it would become one big country. No, you would still have your own individual countries. Think about in Europe. They have open borders, but they're still Germans. They're still French. They're still Romanians. They just have the ability to freely move in throughout the countries. That's no different than if I got a job in Canada and moved to Canada for a job. I'd still be considered an American, but if I want to move to Canada, I can do it. What's, the wrong, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with people that when they retire, they move to Honduras or Belize or some Caribbean country? Yeah, but nobody does that. Yes, they do. Very few. You have the ability you... to. You have the ability to. What's wrong with people that move to Europe? There's no difference. There's yeah. no difference. Yes, but the funny thing is every one of those people want to come to America is what I'm trying to say. So, because... so yes, I get what you're saying. But not, every, not everybody can come to America is the point I'm getting at. And I'm trying to get to that point. All right, let all me right. speak. So, yes, we can look at it at this global scale. It's just like adding new states, in other words. Because think about it. We, it Could it work right now, opening up on a global scale? No. But on a regional scale, we could. So that would also cause us to fix what you were mentioning earlier about these inequalities and these countries that, as they were called, you know, they're corrupt governments and all that. That would be a way to help fix those nations. You would have trade agreements. You would have actual equitable trade agreements in these open border scenarios. So then think about it. All these people that are coming here, let's say they wanted to work here. Okay, that's great. They would have the ability, think about it. When they come to this country, what are they going to do? Pay taxes. Yeah. 
they're going to buy and sell here, which uh -huh. is going to help our economy. Yeah. Correct. So what's wrong with that? Yeah. But then as an example, the same people that are buying and selling in America is completely at let, let's as an example, <clears throat> the people from Honduras say they completely moved to America, but they're, but they buy and sell in America, but they're not helping their own country that needs to be rebuilt okay. from and within. That's what I'm talking about is those people that make the wealth, they could move back to their own country to help rebuild their country. Or there's this thing called global reparations, reparations. So it's not only just saying here, we're going to cut a check to you. All of these countries in middle and South America that have been pillaged by the United States throughout the 1900s for their resources and been taken advantage of. Okay. Why not have the United States invest in infrastructure in those countries? That's how you rebuild those countries. Yes, exactly. But so, how can they do that whenever everybody's moving to the United States? Who? That's not necessarily saying they would want. What I'm saying is if they are able to have these reparations in those countries and invest in infrastructure, they wouldn't may not want to leave. So that's what I'm saying. You invest in those countries, they will be rebuilt. So then if they want, then it would be like in Europe, how they just travel freely. You yeah. live in your own areas wherever you want. And what's wrong if they do want to come here? I know, but what I'm saying is you're talking about wanting, re wanting to provide infrastructure and rebuild the countries, but how can you do that if everybody has left said country to go to Zach, America? Zach, do you truly in your heart think that the hundred close to, let's say 60 to 70 million people, all 60 and 70 no, million people saying, no, would no, want to leave Honduras no, to come you're, here? You're, blo you're blowing out of proportion, but you just said it. No, you well, just said I, they all would come here. No, I didn't mean all as in that, but I'm just saying if, if a majority of people leave that country, and come to America, it's not helping the country they just left. I see what you're saying, but I'm saying that would not happen because if that was the case, then these other countries in Eastern Europe would be desolate and everybody would live in Germany or everybody would live in England. But that's not the case. That's just not the case. You have all these European countries that have open borders and people end up staying in their countries because they are invested there. So yes, if we are able to invest in a global reparations program. So define what the viewers, global reparations, like give it the layman's terms. Okay. Investing in countries that have been exploited throughout history. So for instance, Honduras or Guatemala, two countries that the United States exploited for their resources, all in the names of protecting them from capitalism or protecting them from communism. They have no infrastructure. They had a corrupt government that the U.S. backed for so long. So due to the U.S. intervention, they were not able to thrive, all because the United States was terrified of them having a thriving socialist country during the 60s. Because it's socialist, right? Yes. So the United States ripped out the infrastructure and put in place a dictator, a right-wing dictator, who then was corrupt and drove that country into the ground, but at least they weren't communists. So the United States is by proxy at fault for that. So what I'm saying is reparations would be the United States saying, okay, we wronged you. Our way of giving back to you to right this wrong, which is what should happen morally and ethically, is saying, okay, we're going to invest in this country, in your infrastructure, in your waterways, in your roads, in your businesses, and we're going to help you build up. So then your citizens will then be able to have self-determination in their own country and be able to maybe want to stay in their own country. 
that's the United States actually living up to its city on a hill that we claim to be. And then that's what would have to happen first on a global scale when it comes to open borders. Regionally, it could happen easily with the United States and Mexico. It's not like everybody would just all of a sudden leave Mexico. People would be able to travel back and forth and live in Mexico, work in the United States. You would still pay taxes in the United States. You would still trade in the United States. You would still buy and sell things in the United States, helping the economy out. And if they want to go back to Mexico, so what? They're still helping our economy. They're still helping their own people. And they're still helping themselves. That just makes sense. We just have to think broadly instead of this narrow-minded, they're coming here and they're stealing our shit. That's what we've been trained to think. You have to actually challenge your own view and open your mind. Okay, so let me count, let me ask you this though. I know this is like this may seem very minute of a problem, but with regarding the whole United States and Mexico and surrounding areas, how would you prevent things like the cartel from expanding? And that how do you know that's just not giving the cartel like a green light to say, you know what, you know, since it's open borders, you can there's so much drug trafficking and stuff like that. So let let me ask you that. Just because it's open borders, that doesn't mean that every single security system goes away, Zach. No, I know that, but I'm but I'm I'm fully aware of that. But what I'm asking you is like, how would you handle like drug smugglers and things of that nature? The same way that they do it now. Which a, if you legalize marijuana, then there wouldn't be the cartel. Eh, they would just go after harder drugs. Okay, so you would still go after it with the DEA like they do now. Uh huh. That wouldn't go away just because yeah, you have I, open I know borders. it's not going away, but what but what I'm saying is how do you know it just wouldn't make the the cartels worse? As, as, that's, that's all I'm asking. It just wouldn't is what I'm saying. You would still have to cross the border at checkpoints. You would still be checked just like now. All I'm saying is you would if you wanted to be able to travel and move from Guatemala to the United States, you wouldn't have to wait 15, 16 years. You could pass your background check and just be able to move. That's all that would change. So That's all that would change. So speaking about hopefully changing, what is it about Biden's immigration reform bill? Okay, that- so this immigration reform bill. So pretty much it's saying this was it's funny because it actually got uh, leaked yesterday before Biden wanted to do it. But uh, so I could just imagine how pissed he was. God, I bet that old bitch was pissed. He was like, why are they going to stream my shit? Why are they going to tweet this out? I must have. I thought I hit save as draft, not tweet. Damn it. But um, so it pretty much has an eight year pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants. Which, in your opinion, you think is a little bit too long or what? Yeah, 100%. But I think it's a little bit too long. I, I think it's a little bit too long, but then I still don't. I don't think you should just be granted citizenship overnight. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, if you, like, if you do Why? it the right way, but cut it down, but cut down the. Because there's so many, there's such an influx of people trying to get in, it's hard to... That would be great. Yeah. The more people, the better. You can still legally come in, or if you could come in and pass a background check, great. That's all you need to work at a job, you know? What's the difference? And a drug screen. Yeah. Well, you know, if we legalize weed, that wouldn't be an issue. But all I'm saying is, you know, think about it. That is more people that would be brought into the economy to get all these jobs that people are that don't that all the low paying jobs that people don't want to work. Exactly. And it's almost like if we had more people and demand would go up, we could then, I don't know, maybe have the leverage to demand higher wages. Crazy. 
how that would happen. So um, it could be cut down to three years uh, on a pathway to citizenship if you are farm workers, DACA, or refugees. Um, it provides funding. So here's the people that are like, why can't they fix their own shit in their own country? Provides funding for refugee processing centers in Central America to prevent caravans from traveling. So instead of having people have this surge, as they say, at the border, they would be able to have processing centers in Central America, in their own countries, and then they can be brought here. Yeah, instead of being, instead of traveling six, 8,000 people and then get turned away at the border. Well, they're not getting turned away. They're refugees. So they go through that whole process, like I mentioned. That's the issue. It's not that there are people coming here. That's not the issue, even though that's what Fox News tells you. The issue is they don't have an, a logistical way to process people. They don't have the resources. Realistic way, you mean? Like, no, I, they don't have a logistical way. They, they Because they don't have resources, they're having to just completely uh, house a bunch of people in these warehouses that then leads to these kids in cages. Yeah, okay. All so right. they, it's like a bottleneck effect. You know, they have a bunch of people coming in, but they have a short little way to, a short little uh, doorway to get into, like a camel through the eye of a needle. But, um, and they just can't get through, so it gets all backed up. So kind of like when you really got a shit and then you just can't and you just sit there for days and you're just uncomfortable because you never know when it's going to happen. Kind of like that. But anyway, um, so it also increases the cap on the refugee numbers to 125,000 a year people. Um, so essentially, like I mentioned earlier, these as asylum seekers, they come here, they're detained, they go through a background check and a health check, and then once approved, they're able to proceed to their destination, which is a family sponsor that is saying, hey, I have a family member in said country. They're trying to escape a horrible situation. They can come here. I will sponsor them as their sponsor once they pass the background check and all of that, like a visa almost. Is, is a visa and a green card the same thing? or Essentially, yeah. Okay. Um, so for all intents and purposes. So why is that bad? Why are people against that? Because the same thing happened in these European countries and nobody said a word. Why is this considered bad? You know? Is it because of maybe, I don't know, their brown skin? Well, I mean, they did the same thing in World War II. They had Japanese citizens put them in constant, basically concentration camps. And would they ever do that to Germans? No. It's the color of their skin. Racism plays a major fact, a major factor in this. That's just what it comes down to. But they don't want to admit that, so they just say, well, they're just coming here and stealing our shit. So, and of course, like I said, Trump, his criticism to this, even though, you know, at CPAC, which was pretty much Trump pack. So, what, what, speaking of the following CPAC, what would you say about Trump's speech that he had? <laughs> It was like, a, like long story, like in layman's terms, what exactly was he explaining? And and I, even though there was a lot of falsities, but what would you say? What basically in a gist, what is he saying? And then I want to hear what you comment back saying. Democrat, bad, me, good. Well, I, well, yeah. Literally, literally what it was. It was 90 minutes. He made a 90 minute straight speech of nonstop, just living the good old days of how things were great when he was there and how Donald or how Joe Biden is just. Throwing it to shit. Ah, but I mean, he is. And then he also went off against the Republicans who voted against him. How Mike Pence is a traitor. 
even though Mike Pence is now still saying he'd support Donald Trump. But, you know, that's a different story. Then they had the gold idol to Donald Trump that people were praying over, which, I don't know. I know he's a he claims to be the Christian president, but isn't that false idols? Something like that? I don't know. Praying to an idol? I don't know. <laughs> Crazy. Almost in the Ten Commandments. I don't know. Well, he's a Christian. Okay. So, anyway, it was just, you know... Da, 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 Trump's great. Ba, 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 socialism. Da, ba, 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 Democrat. Ba, 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 uh, Nancy Joe. Pelosi. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden. You know, they're all socialist. And like, far, they're pushing the radical far left agenda. Right. Which they really need to get an understanding of what radical left means. That's not even, that's the farthest thing from radical left. Think about it. On a global scale, the liberals that in this country are right-wing people. If you want to know scale. a liberal, then meet Bernie Sanders. That's a liberal. And even Bernie Sanders is considered center, like a centrist on a global scale. He would be considered a centrist. Like, because think about it. In these European countries like Germany and England and France, it's a common fact. They're like, they think that we're weird because we don't have uh, healthcare as a human right, that college. we don't have college, that we don't have uh, paid sick leave, that we don't have a high minimum wage and all that. And these countries are thriving. And mind you, isn't it Denmark that has uh, a McDonald's McDonald's workers in Denmark are at $22 an hour? Something like that, yeah. And they use wind turbines. You know, crazy concept. So, yeah, we are, even our Democrats are right-wingers on a global scale. So, of course, Trump, you know, his attacks on it, you know, said the reversal of his own policies led to a rise in migration at the southern border. He claims the spiraling tsunami at the border is overwhelming local communities, depleting budgets, crowding hospitals, and taking jobs from legal American workers, which he fails to provide the context of he has refused to fund these areas that are supposed to be processing centers. So they're having these issues because they do not have funding. So you know, and then Biden, of course, has reopened these facilities, same ones that Trump closed down. So it's like they're both shitty when it comes to it. Let's just be honest. If this Biden immigration plan is able to pass, that would be a great start. Great start. Um, You know, and then Greg Abbott claims, you know, it's Biden's fault for the cases going up in Texas, not him lifting his mask mandate. Yeah, that's less, that's ridiculous. So he's literally blaming undocumented immigrants that are being, quote, quote, dumped in their neighborhoods. Even though, like you said, half of them are in the half of them are in facilities, though, right? Right. And so what's so funny is he's blaming the migrants. So the majority of the migrants, like I was mentioning to you earlier, come from Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, and Nicaragua. Each one of these countries, as a country, are doing better than Texas is as a state in response to COVID. These countries, for instance, Mexico, has 121 million people, and they have less cases than Texas does at 2.9 million people. That is sad. Because people are saying it's violating your rights for having a mask on. For wearing a piece of cloth. So it's just, you know, anybody who thinks that simply a line of people wanting to come here could bring about the collapse of the country. They're just simply misunderstanding what our country is supposed to stand for. You know, our country is supposed to stand for, you know, being that shining city on a hill that everybody should strive to want to be. But, but come here legally. 
yeah, but come here on this certain path that, you know, on our own terms, even though everybody else that's come here didn't have to wait. But because you come from certain areas that we... Yeah, I thought everybody's had to wait their, wait their turn. Like think regard- about all the people that came here in the mid to late 1800s and early 1900s. They just came here. But I mean, but there wasn't way of keeping track like that, like there is now, though. You it know? was. They all signed a ledger and said, I'm here because I say I'm good. And they were able to come in. So why is it okay for them? But now we have 15-year wait limits. So I guess because the influx of people, though, the amount of people versus there's a lot more people today no, than there are back then. But we have also more resources to provide compared to back then. So it, it comes down to... Certain people have gotten in power and they want to limit certain people that look certain ways from coming here is what it comes down to. Because look at the disparities. You can come from Europe and you're able to get through like that. But yet if you try to come from Central and South America or from Africa, you have a longer wait time. Why? Because they base it on means. They They base it on how much money you have. That is wrong. Because back then... Uh, in the mid to late 1800s, these people from Europe came here without a penny to their name, and they were allowed to come right in. And you know what? If you want to get technical, Arnold Schwarzenegger came in. He immigrated. The governor did. Yes. So what's what's why is that? It just doesn't make sense. So to wrap it up, is there any hope for the Democrat Party, or should we form a left party for the working class people? <sighs> and... This is something I've really gone back and forth on a lot. And before the election, I had hope in the Democrat Party. And just in this three months that Joe Biden, around three months that Joe Biden has been in office, it's just become, it's clear that, am I saying I'm giving up all hope on reforming the Democrat Party? No. But, I mean, look at it. All these simple promises that are even moderate promises, yeah. they're backing off on before they even try. Yeah, like the question I asked, do you have buyer's remorse? Yeah, I do, in a sense, because it's like— You, you heard know, it here, folks. Simple simple things they're, they're backing off on, and they're—you know, it all goes to show that they are—the Democrats and Republicans are just two sides of the same coin, is what it comes down to. They just go back and forth, because think about it. Joe Biden will be in office four years— uh, in two year next year, when the midterms come around, the Republicans are going to say, "What do the Democrats do? They didn't do anything for you." So then the Republicans are going to get back in office, and then uh, in 2024, some Republican will run probably, and it will probably flip, and it will just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth of just the status fucking quo. We'll never have any change. Nothing will fundamentally change, just like Joe Biden said. So it's just going to be the status quo of the same. Same old bullshit over and over again. And so it comes down to it until there is a workers party, a true workers party of the people. I don't think that anything can happen because, I mean, think about it. Nothing can fundamentally change. And there are millions of workers, millions of the working class people that if they could just get past fucking party politics, even like you and I had a heated discussion, a good debate. A good debate, a good discussion, but we're looking at it not, you have to look at it from a class perspective. You're looking at it up close and not looking at the bigger picture. Yes, you got to look at the bigger picture. That was great. I like that. You you can't look at it at these minute little things, just like with Fred Hampton in that movie. 
He said, I don't really like these redneck uh, Confederates. What movie was it? Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. He was able to get the Puerto Rican gangs of Chicago, the black gangs of Chicago, and the white Confederates of Chicago to agree to a peace treaty and work together because they saw, okay, we may disagree on things, certain things, but overall we're all being exploited by those in power. So literally, he's, and Fred Hampton himself said, you know, I'm not going to go to dinner with this Confederate, but he's being exploited too. He's still a poor white person. So he is being used by the system just like I am. So we have something in common. So until a workers' party can get past party politics of Republican and Democrat or black and white or anything else, then and see that we're all being exploited by those in power, that's how we could truly shake the system up. So why is it that, as an example, what would you do to promote the fact that people are being held down, like like you said, by the corporate big businesses? Like, what's what what do you think are ways to to attack to attack that? It starts with conversations, just like you and I are having. Like you and I just had a conversation about immigration, and we came to a realization: instead of punching down at somebody that's immigrating here punching to the side just because they may get a couple thousand dollars extra in in college money yeah in the grand scheme of things it's like i said i you know we're already starting out three steps ahead of them so they're just trying to catch up we're at the same time why are we punching down when we should be mad at those above us that are benefiting off of our labor when we're not going to get any benefit we're not getting any benefit from uh attacking that undocumented immigrant just like back in uh, Jim Crow era, black people were being systematically oppressed by those in power. But at the same time, did poor white people, did they benefit financially? No, they're still poor and white. They're still poor white people. But they're being used to keep down, to be d uh, divide up and conquer because they saw that if black and white people could get along, they could see that the bigger picture, that it's a class issue, not a race issue. Because those in power, that's how they stay in power. So instead of being mad at some undocumented immigrant because they're trying to better their lives, you should be mad at the system that is keeping you from having free college, that's keeping you from having health care, that's keeping you in these poverty-level wages. And we're not going to be able to do that with Democrats and Republicans being two sides of the same coin. So how long did it take you to, fight, to have that realization? It's been over the course of the last year, especially over the last six to eight months. Because, I mean, like you, like you said, do you think it's just the fact that, like, going into this, what do you think Joe Biden's push was? Like, his big, like, what what is it you think that got him the job? Well, yeah, he was able to promise $15 an hour. He, he appealed to working class desires, uh, raising the minimum wage. Two thousand dollar total stimulus yeah, check. Stimulus no, checks no, for not, those who are hurting the most, the yeah. working class. So he's getting the working class to make them think that he's for them. And then when it comes time to cashing in on the check, no pun intended, they go, they get buyer's remorse, the Democrats, and then go, Oh, well, sorry, we tried. We'll give you this, little pennies. But you just need to keep working hard and come out and vote for us again. And people do it. And, and you know what? We we'll, we may think about raising them. We'll, we'll think about We'll talk about it. And if it doesn't escalate, then it just doesn't. Yeah, we tried at least. You know what? I would respect Democrats so much more 
if they would actually go to bat. Because look at this, Medicare for all has 70% of the United States supporting it. So, and the funny fact is it comes out cheaper than our current system that we have now. Right. So if you would just, if the people would back these people, if they would just go to bat for us, they would still get voted back in if they would go to bat, even if they lose like the, uh, the vote, the people would still back them because they said, okay, he is, he's got my back. Why do you think Bernie Sanders keeps getting reelected with 90%? Nobody runs against him because he, they know that he is going to bat for them. But these other people that are so worried about being beholden to their lobbyist, they are terrified of going against what the people that fund their campaigns say. So, so is there any hope for the Democratic Party, or, or, or are you pretty much just, like, like you said, all hope is gone, it's time to just start from the ground up? I mean, the current state we're in, I don't think so. I, I hate think, to say, or or would you say it's the fact there's too much old people and there needs to be? Would you say there needs to be new blood, or you think it needs to just completely restart? I mean, I'd love to say that we could reform in a kind of FDR type coalition, but at the same time, like, what would hurt? Why would it be wrong to have more people being able to have their voices heard? What would be wrong with having multiple parties instead of two parties? Yeah, what would be wrong with having multiple parties? In that true democracy, right there. If you have an idea and you believe in it, that you should be able to run. And if and, enough people vote for it, then why not? And, and instead of a libertarian party where you only get 2% of the vote, that's, right. that's ridiculous. Let the libertarians have their votes. Let the Green Party, if you want to form a socialist party, if you want to form a we hate puffy nippled people party, which that would be a great slogan. W-H- free the nips. Free the nips. W-H-P-P. We hate puffy nippled people. W-H-P-N-P party like go for it if you can get enough votes go for it i mean d's nuts got 30 percent of the republican primary in north carolina d's nuts like, <laughs> like like go for it great that's democracy that's what true democracy is or the the lack of of candidates that are decent yeah or having more candidates that are decent so it just comes down to it, like if we want to actually live up to the ideals of this country, we have to be willing to think outside of Democrat and Republican. I mean, think about it. The Republican Party was formed as a third party. The Whigs broke, broke, broke away. The Republicans broke away from the Whigs because they um, were anti-slavery. Uh, they went against slavery, the original Republican Party. Not the Republicans of today, but that back uh prison <laughs> yeah that, that you know essentially you're trying to enslave people by private prisons so you know we've just got to actually a critically think be okay to be open-minded and think outside the box is what it comes down to be okay with change and you know not be terrified of people because they look different than you simple things but you know and at the end of the day these Republicans are claiming the Democrats are so far left, which, like we mentioned, on a global scale, these Democrats are right-wing parties. So, as an example, what what other countries would you, like would you say that are that that make the left look like that, that make the left look like Republicans? Well, think about this: in Germany, even their right-wing parties believe that healthcare is a human, like Medicare has Medicare for all, like is one hundred percent. So, think about that. Those are right-wing parties that say, yeah, health, national health care is like a given. Free college is a given. 
Like those are right wing parties. And yet here in the United States, we can't even get Democrats to agree on that. That's how far right wing the Democrats really are. But you have to actually know a little something and not listen to Fox News to realize that. So we're Tucker Carlson tonight. They're all socialists and they're coming for you. Or Alex Jones, Newsmax, <laughs> Infowars, and OAN. Jesus. But anyway, if you are a Republican, I hope you enjoyed this because you got to hear me shit on their Democrats. But at the same time, I'm shitting on you because Joe Biden's essentially a Republican. So, so you know what? I, I think you need to leave a last a lasting message for Joe Biden right now. So what, what, what would you need to, you need to tell him what the fuck is going on right now. <laughs> I want to start off and say to the Democrats, wake the fuck up. If you want any chance of being reelected in 2022, maybe listen to your party or the people that got you there. God sakes, don't listen just to the party. Yeah. Don't listen to the party. Listen to the people that got you there. And more so, I want to talk directly to the people that put Democrats into power. If they don't follow what we put them in office to do, vote their asses out. Because they are supposed to be working for the people. They're supposed to be supporting your interest. If they don't follow through, vote their asses out. What happens at your job? If you don't do your job, do you get fired? Yes. Immediately. They, they don't, and, and, yeah. they, and they have a replacement for you the next day. Exactly. So the same should be... They, they sh why, why should politicians be any more special? If they don't live up to their end of the bargain, their asses should be voted out. No ifs, ands, or buts. And also, should you say that they should have term limits as well? 100%. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So you don't get people like Nancy Pelosi that keeps getting elected, elected, elected. And right. Exactly. So... See, there's a part right there where Democrats and Republicans can agree on. Term limits. Now, if you have puffy nipples, fuck you. I don't want you to run at all. You don't deserve to be in office if you have puffy nipples. Or you get the PNPP party. Yeah, form your own party. We don't, we don't want your kind. Or if you have turkey necks like Mitch McConnell, I don't want you. You can go hide in your shell. But <laughs> anyway, that's all I got for this episode. We had a great little rant. We're coming back after two weeks. We had a lot to say. A lot, a lot, a lot, to a get lot off, laid on my heart. A lot to get off your chest. I had a lot laid on my heart I just need to talk about. So I think we can actually go to lunch now. I've said all I need to say. We've gone over our limit. I've stood up twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about, well, I got something else to say. I got one more thing to say. Yeah. So if you like this episode, make sure to leave us a nice five-star review. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to leave a comment. We want to know what you're thinking. If you are a Republican, we want to hear from you. If you enjoyed hearing me bash Joe Biden, leave us a comment. Or if you know what, if, if you think Joe Biden is not even keeping up on his campaign promises, leave a comment. If you think he's doing great, leave us a comment. I don't know how, but you know. If you, let's leave us if a... If he's not Trump, then leave a comment. <laughs> If you think Joe Biden wakes up before 5 a.m., leave us a five-star review. If you think Joe Biden wakes up after 5 a.m., leave us a four-star review. We want to know. And, and 4.59 don't count. 4.59 and 59 seconds does not count. So, with all that being said, Zach, take us on out. Levitate in your perspective each episode of the time. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>